Yo, 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 you know what time it is. Welcome to Cut the Deck with your host, Isaiah. We got Max Band, my man's right here. Um, Yo, me and Max, we've been in tune for a little minute, but this is our first time finally getting to do some stuff. Bro, how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, i uh definitely a fan of your work, and I uh, see you grinding. And one thing I always understand and appreciate is someone trying to strive and achieve their goals and dreams. So hats off to you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come on. Yeah, bro. And the crazy thing is, like, we both, like, the same age. We were, like, some youngins in the game doing this. And you had you had the chance that I wanted to ask you. You had the chance to work um, with Zach Ramey, Rashad Phillips, Kate. When you did the draft show, how did that come together? What was that like? Because home's Atlanta for me, and I go to school, like, an hour south in Macon, Georgia, in central Georgia. And I, I saw yeah. it, I was like, dang, I'm in school. I was in art class. I was like, bro, hey, down there in Atlanta, kicking it. So how yeah. came about and tell me about that? Um, well, none of it wouldn't have been able to happen if it wasn't for Rashad and Dom and everything they put together. So hats off to them right. uh, for giving me the opportunity. But really, um, they came to me and just said, hey, so Shad, he's a very forward thinker. And like he like he's ahead of the curve. He's like, you know, I have this draft idea. Um, and I think the way that we can go about it is giving each player their flowers instead of tearing down and why this player is this and this player that let's do our homework. Let's do our research, give the game that it's due. Um, and let's break down and evaluate all the talent from first round to second round. He's like, and I feel like if we put together these pieces, we do our homework, we do our research, we do it the right way. We're making it special for them because at the end of the day, the draft is their night. They work so hard blood, sweat, and tears, first round, second round. A lot of times the second round players don't get the flowers they deserve because we're so worried about the lottery pick, the first pick, the second pick. You're right. Like We're going to give them their flowers and do it the right way. So when he told me about the opportunity, um, Atlanta is actually somewhere where I'm trying to commute to and move to. Really? Um, yeah, here very shortly. So I was all in. I'm like, yep, let's do it. And so then I was just have – I actually have the binder right here literally just a binder full of prospects and like just evaluating their game, uh, some strengths, some weaknesses, areas of focus, right. and how I think it would translate to the NBA. So it, it was amazing. SUV TV did an amazing job. Um, the production team, they made it so easy. So all we really had to do was just talk and it, it was awesome. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I looked at it. Everything looked top notch um, in the war room. What was, what was the feeling when we right before the draft is the war room. It, and that was like my favorite part because we're sitting there and we're all basketball minds. Um, and but we all are kind of outside thinkers. We're forward. We're, we're unique thinkers. So like Rashad Phillips is breaking down. Hey, I think this guy's like an SUV. This guy's a minivan. This guy's the Lamborghini. And right. I'm sitting here like, okay, I think this guy's Bluetooth quality. This guy has Wi-Fi. So if you were like a fly on the wall and you didn't understand our terminology without breaking it down, you're like, what are these guys even talking about? But to us, it made all the sense in the world. I'm like, look, I'm telling you, Tyrese Halliburton has that Bluetooth quality. He's going to connect to everybody he plays with in Sacramento. He's going to be an easy guy to play with. LaMelo has that. He, he elevates everyone around him. He can connect to any device. And uh, it was just amazing. We were just really picking each other's brains like, okay, I really like that. Max, make sure you use that. Or Shad's like, hey, this is my guy. I really want to go in at this point. Um, and it just, when you prepare the way – it's almost like that cliche saying, like when you practice hard, you play easy. So like when we prepare that way, it made the actual content and the actual draft just fun um, and easy. Right. So um, getting into it. So my bad. Take a sip of water. I don't blame you. Stay hydrated. 
So getting to it, this one, I wanted to label this the war out West. So I think the, I think the focus has been on Philly's dominance in the league. I think the focus has been on, um, you know, obviously Brooklyn and the LaMarcus um, Aldridge and the Blake Griffin, but there's an underrated war out West. I don't think people understand that. And what I mean is, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standards. It's the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Lakers, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Mavericks, and Spurs. The trajectory wasn't supposed to be like this starting out. You got Bron and AD out, right? So the Lakers should be, should be at the top spot. But you also have the Suns who are gaining momentum. Then they're at number two. You have the Nuggets who just got Aaron Gordon. Matt Thomas, a prolific three-point shooter, just went to the Utah Jazz. I don't, and that's crazy. The day before that um, trade happened, Joe, I think Joe Ingles and that Utah team, they did work to Brooklyn. And so you add a shooter like Matt Thomas, I mean, it just changes the trajectory of the whole thing. And then I think the most underrated trade was Norman Powell for Gary Trent. So now Norman Powell, with his scoring prowess, goes with Dame and CJ. And so yeah. it's just an underrated war out west. You know, I think Golden State is fighting for their spot. And Obviously, Zion and New Orleans, they're trying to do their thing. Um, I thought the, the Timberwolves, they're dead last. They're dead last. Um, I, thought they were, I thought they were more 12 to 10 or 9. Maybe but I wasn't paying too much attention. The Thunder, Moses Brown, obviously his ascension from undrafted to now one game. I think he had a, a big double-double. Now he signs for four years for possibly $7 million. So I don't know. I don't. When I say the war out west, what comes to mind as you think about it? Like, do you see what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Oh, absolutely. And then you have to I, – I say this, and I don't mean this in any disrespect towards, like, the old generation or the old era, but I think this era is the most skillful era. Like, era, as far as era, like, each team, each player, like, game is incredibly talented. Uh, the Utah Jazz are incredibly talented. Steph Curry is incredibly talented. LeBron James, AD are incredibly talented. Jokic is the best passing big man, arguably, of all time. Jamal Murray is incredibly talented. Like, there's just so much depth in the league that you can make a case for each team as far as, hey, if they're just this, they get this piece. If this person's injured, this team can rise there. So I think the Lakers, when healthy, if healthy, LeBron, AD come back, this is their conference. But to your point, the war out West right now, they are not. And so you have Utah Jazz who are clicking at all cylinders. Um, I think the Phoenix Suns, this highlights CP3's value. And I think that's something that's been so underrated throughout his career. He doesn't have an MVP award. But there's so many years that I think he should have gotten it, but he doesn't have the flashy stats to show it. But his value is just, you can't even argue it at this point, what he's done in OKC and what he's done in Phoenix. Um, and then Dame... Like, I always say Steph was the second greatest point guard of all time. But I don't even think Steph would be able to do what Dame has been able to do. Like, I think Dame does more with less. And, like, to your point, now you add another guy. You have C.J. McCollum coming back healthy. So, right now, I mean, the East is more entertaining than I think it's ever been in a long time. Right. And now the West is even deeper than it's ever been. Yeah, so I think we get the best of both worlds. But I think that Norman Powell trade, that scoring prowess that he provides, um, I don't know why Toronto made that trade. Um, they made it. They got a. They got a guy in Gary Trent. He actually turned down the extension. Remember, so he was a. Um, he was a second round pick. I think he got picked at number thirty four. I think he signed for a three year deal, which is smart. 
He could have he could have signed for over fifty million in Portland. In Portland, he turned it down. Now he goes to Toronto, to where the East is a little bit open. So I think he gets a bigger bag. But nevertheless, I think I think um, Norman Powell to the um, Trailblazers that has a different dynamic because when Dame and CJ are there, it's now one A, one B, and one C. I don't I don't believe I don't believe CJ is a two. He's a one B. Right. Norman Powell's not a T. Maybe a two, but. In my eyes, he's probably one of my favorite players in the league. He's a one seat. So that that um that's different. Now the Mavericks at seven, Luca always needed shooters. Seth Curry is now in Philly. Now you add JJ Reddick. So what do you, I don't know if you want um, to pay too much attention to that trade or how they're doing. What do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. One thing I've always questioned, I'm like, why is Dallas not a bigger free agent destination? You have no state tax, you have a great owner, you have a great coach, and now you have the superstar who I believe. Um, is the next face of the NBA and Luka Doncic, and so and now you have Porzingis. I'm like they're going to be hyper aggressive. Like you only have an X amount of time. Like this is a very rare opportunity that you have a generational type talent. Like so, when you have that short window, you take an aggressive business owner in Mark Cuban. It's only right that he's going to be hyper aggressive and make moves. And so, what do you need to do? You, you know the defense is going to collapse on Luka every single time surround him with shooters jj reddick obviously been there done that right so what do you so i think it's a salary cap going to be an issue because you know luke is going to get the max um poising is going to get something close to the max tim hardaway is going to get a nice contract um salary cap you think that can be a reason why they can't really add because i I thought Giannis to dallas would have been crazy i think for international basketball that would have been the most that would have been so like that marketing move would have been crazy. You got Greece, you got what was it, Por- Porzingis. Uh, where is he from? Uh, Porzingis. Yeah, I know he's European. Um, yeah, I know he's obviously overseas. I forget. Um, oh man, I'm blanking. Yeah. Yeah, overseas. But the the only thing that I I wouldn't overpay. Like I know aggressive wins, and sometimes you're going to have to you're going to have to pay the star. But I wouldn't overpay. Like, so I think in a weird way, I think they're going to reevaluate and look at what their foundation is. Do they keep Porzingis? I don't even know. Like, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him. Really? I really, yeah, I really wouldn't. Now, they, now they may keep him and add another guy. But what if Mark Cuban's a he's an out of the box type of thinker as well? So if you have a guy like Porzingis, seven one shoot handle. But what's his biggest flaw right now is availability. Like, he's always injured. Uh, yeah. And so if you're Mark Cuban, do you explore options for Porzingis? I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. I think – I don't think they're done making the moves, for, like, for the future. I really don't. Right. I think something Seth Curry and Philly, he's obviously doing well there, but that would have been nice. So, J.J. Reddick, he supplements his as that shooter for Luka. Um, on to, to the Jazz. Joe Ingles, Matt Thomas. I'm not sure how big of a Matt Thomas supporter you are. But he's ice cold from Toronto, so I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure how deep we go with that. But that was a nice addition. The Clippers. Do you think Kawhi made a mistake of leaving Toronto? Because I think he did. Um, that's a good question. I don't think he made a mistake because at the end of the day, it's where do you want to be? Like I don't think he was. Right. I think he's much happier being in LA than he is Toronto. But from a basketball perspective, I think he made a mistake. Um, and here's why. I think he should have went to the Lakers. And I know everyone's like, ah, oh, come on, really? If your goal is to win championships, it made all the sense in the world to go there. That's just me. Um, and I don't think that's a bandwagon type of move. 
Um, I think that's just, it made sense for him, but okay. You want to go to the Clippers. I, I just don't think, I don't think it was a bad move. Cause I don't think he would have done anything else in Toronto. I don't think they would have repeated. Um, I don't think they would have been in the position they were in again, because I think they, and this is not to discredit their championship, but obviously they had some breaks along. They, yeah. Yeah. They had some breaks. They benefited from Kevin Durant's injury, Steph Curry's injury, then Clay gets injured. Um, I just don't think that Toronto team would would have that type of luck again. And so I think it makes sense. I'm just not a big believer in the Clippers because of chemistry and leadership. I don't think he's he's not a very vocal leader. And when you're supposed to be creating a new culture for a historically bad franchise, you have to be a vocal leader. You have to be a leader. And none of us question their talent, but why did they fold last season in the playoffs down when they're up 3-1? Yeah, just chemistry and leadership. I was just watching the um, slam video with Lou Will, Montrez, and Patrick. It's funny. Lou Will was saying, he was just like, man, the Lakers aren't the only team. Like, we can't overlook the rest of the league because somebody's going to sneak up on us and get us. Lo and behold, it was Denver. So um, another interesting thing before the trade deadline, Magic Johnson was talking Lonzo Ball to – he was Lonzo Ball to New York. Magic plays chess here. He didn't want to speak Lonzo Ball to the Clippers. Because Lonzo Ball to the Clippers obviously fills a void that the Clippers need, that leadership, that orchestration. Um, so now, Lonzo Ball to the Clippers, if he fills that void, I believe Lonzo Ball is so good of a basketball player, he can produce 10 to maybe 14 easy points a quarter with the right pieces around him. So if he's, if he's playing with a Kawhi, a PG, um, a Lou Will, and these guys, now that gives the LeBron AD out the Lakers at four, the Clippers are at three. So I think Magic was playing chess when he wanted to get Lonzo Ball to the Knicks. He didn't want to speak Lonzo Ball to the Clippers. You don't want to let the basketball guys make that trade because it fills a void with the Clippers. And now the Clippers are now a threat to the Lakers. Since Bron and out, it's going to change some more. I'm looking at the standards now. I think if Nuggets keep doing what they do and Bron and out, they're losing games. Um, the, the Lakers now go to five, Nuggets to four. But I think that was that was some underrated analysis I kind of got from it when Magic was saying Lonzo Ball to the Knicks is like let's get him out the West because Lonzo Ball's in the West but with the Pelicans and they're at number twelve. You don't want to speak him to go to a three seed Clippers where he fills the void can produce easy points with um, exceptional players. And that was just an interesting little analysis I got from just watching when Magic was like Lonzo Ball to the Knicks and Lonzo Ball this and that. I was like yeah don't bring Lonzo Ball to you. You don't want him winning the Staples Center in that other uniform. So that was something I just wanted to repeat. Absolutely. See, now Magic, did he have a little bit of a weird scenario with L.A., him and Rob? Yeah. But at the end of the day, he's still rooting for the Lakers. And so he wants to see them succeed. He knows the value of Lonzo Ball. He's a point guard. And he understands the value of Lonzo. And like you said, what do the Clippers need desperately as a point guard? And so when the market seems to be kind of low on Lonzo, the Clippers, Jerry West is a forward thinker. And he's going to say, oh, no, we need that guy. Right. And that would just be such a bittersweet, okay, Lakers, you traded Lonzo. Now he's going to come back to the Clippers and haunt you. Absolutely. And I, I think he does work in New York, though, also. So it makes sense from that end, too. Yeah, I think marketing, that would, that would probably kind of amp him up a little bit. But speaking of the Nuggets, they're so deep. That Aaron Gordon just adds so much. I don't know if you just saw him the other night. I think they play at Philly or somebody, but they're looking good, bro. They're looking Yeah, good. and – I cover the magic. And so I would interview the players. I've interviewed Aaron Gordon. And one thing I Rashad and I would always go to the games. And one thing that um, I would always think about is like, what is their direction? I'm like, okay, so Aaron Gordon's your all time great dunk contest guy who puts butts in seats. 
but Vooch is your all-star who's putting up numbers. Right. But yet you have Jonathan Isaac and Mobamba, who's your young talent. So like they had no idea where to go. And so by trade, I think they could have gotten more in return right. from the Vucevic trade. Um, but I do think RJ Hampton, that trade with Denver, I think RJ is going to thrive in Orlando. But for Aaron Gordon, this is perfect for him. And it's like now what the expectations aren't for you to be the man. The expectations aren't for you to give us 20, 30 a night. That's what Jokic is for. That's what Jamal is for. So now all you have to do is play your role. Yeah. And now that just made Denver even deeper. Like yeah, Denver is nasty. Do your job in that half court set, you know, run, run and catch lobs. That's it. You know, shoot the ball well. Um, yeah, that, that was different. Um, but Covering Orlando Magic, talk about that. What's, how was how, how that? Because I think when you look at the team, you look at Mo Bamba, was he injured a little bit? Yeah. Well, I've covered him like two years ago, too. So I got to see him when he wasn't injured. Right. Um it's incredible. And I think the first thing that comes to mind is like we're we always evaluate and we're always breaking down players or teams. But I think a lot of times, definitely the fans, we forget how good these people are. Like one thing I always do, like I'll be the first person there and I'm typically like the last to leave because I love to watch them warm up. Like when you see these players warm up, they don't miss like they don't miss. And they're six, eight to seven feet tall just not missing and it's like it just reminds me every time I go like these are the best athletes in the world like I think a lot of times we always forget that when we break down these guys and it's like man and then at the end of the day they're also people too and so you'll like I remember when uh I got to interview Carmelo and like at the time that's when kind of Melo first signed with Portland and at first, I don't know if you remember, if you remember this, he was having a hard time finding an NBA team. And almost like NBA teams just didn't value Carmelo anymore for some reason. He right. finally goes to Portland. It's like, man, like people forget these are people too. And you could just see how happy he was to just play basketball again. Um, but it's incredible, man. I mean, just talking to the players. And um, I take pride in trying to ask them basketball questions. Like I try not to ask them questions that are just like, I don't need to know your personal stuff. Like that's your stuff. Like I just ask you like, the first thing I had asked Melo was, man, your pull-up is like, that's your bread and butter. I think that's like the most, that's my favorite move in basketball is Carmelo Anthony's pull-up jump shot. Right. And I was like, just how has that helped you open up so many different avenues of your game? And just asking basketball questions. And obviously you love basketball. It's just like a kid in a candy shop. It's so much fun. Right. Yeah. So, so I guess your media journey, where did it start? Before we get back to my media, me- I was just always curious. My, my media journey? Yeah. Um. So I started my, uh, another podcast a while ago um, with my cousin, but then I started my own podcast and then I ended up on, uh, I'm a live in Daytona beach. I ended up on 104.7. Um, and so when I ended up on the radio, which I still do, do to this day, every morning, um, that kind of got me some media access, media coverage for the Orlando magic. And so then um, I'm like, okay, wow, I'm on the radio. I have my podcast and now I can, while I'm still going to school, why not take advantage of this opportunity? So started covering the magic games and Orlando is about uh, an hour away from where I live. And so I'm like, ah, it's not that bad. So you go at the right time, beat the traffic. I'd get there early and cover the magic and start interviewing the players, uploading it to Instagram, Twitter. Then you have my podcast Then you have the radio. Um, I started doing a lot of, cause I used to do martial arts and boxing. So I started covering um, amateur and pro events in Orlando for different MMA organizations, combat night, uh, Island fights, undisputed promotions and doing play-by-play ringside interviewing the fighters and so I I found myself interviewing 
so many different athletes. Now I'm interviewing NBA players, I'm interviewing boxers, UFC fighters, uh, other media personalities, other podcasters, and they kind of just steamrolled. And then that's how I met Rashad Phillips. Um, and he took me under his wing. He's a mentor to me. He's like family now. And it's really just shaking hands. Um, sounds cliche, but I think being a good person yeah. matters. Yeah, and sure. like, just, I wouldn't be, I'm not that I think that I'm very far, um, but especially to where I want to be, but to where I am now, I wouldn't have gotten if it wasn't for people being kind and helping me. And so I always try to do the same thing back. And it's like, if you see somebody that's trying to learn or start something, help them. And I just feel like if more people do that, it would just make everything better. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's probably the, that's the start of everything. It does. So, so Shaz and Orlando, you're like somewhere near, okay, now it makes sense. I was wondering, I wonder how did you all link up? But I know, shout, yeah. out, shout out to Zach Raymond from Off the Glass. I know he's up top, like Midwest. Um, he's been like a, he's been like a mentor to me, for real. Zach Ramey, man, he um he'll text me something, he might shoot me something, and it's always it's always game. It's always he's never been one to hold back. You know what I mean? Hold back a little information and stash it off. He always kind of lets you know, like here, this is what you should do. This is what you should try. So you definitely got definitely you got a good mentor in Rashad. I got one in Zach, and hopefully one day we could all you know. Well, obviously you met them before, but I wish I could definitely pull out with y'all at some point. Yeah, of course, man. That's what it's all about. I uh. Working with Zach was really cool, um, meeting him in Atlanta. And like you said, because he's in Chicago. And um, it was really cool. I, I got to introduce him to some cookout. He never had cookout before. I'm like, Zach, you never had cookout before? And uh, he was like, no, no. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch the cookout. And so it was a funny story. Me, him, and Combo uh, walked to uh, cookout. And it was a lot further than we thought. And we ended up having to walk through the drive through because we didn't have a car. It was a funny story. But he's a good, he's a good guy. Right, really? Okay. I guess we got um, just a little bit of basketball. I know you got a lot to do. Um, Spurs, Grizzlies, Kings, Pelicans, Zion's dominance. What do you think? I love it. I um, I love it. I, I so I do. I do my rap comparisons to NBA players. And for anyone that's listening, um, I'm sure you'll know Lil Baby. I was like, Zion reminds me of Lil Baby. I'm like, that's my rap comparison because. Lil Baby is taking the rap game by storm. Like, it's just, he is just not missing. And it's like everything he's doing is just on fire. That's Zion. Like, we've never seen, what cracks me up is like, I'll hear comparisons like, oh, he's not Charles Barkley because he's a little too explosive. Oh, but he's not, he's not Sean Kemp because he can handle a little bit more. Or he's not this, I'm like, why can't he just be Zion? Like, we've just never seen it before. I'm like, this guy is just, we've never seen it. And so, to me, if you had to do a comparison, it's like a young Shaq, but to shoot what to average 25 points on 62% shooting historic numbers in year two. And the key part for me is he's playing every game and he doesn't have a minutes restriction. That's just, he's the number one watch in the NBA. And like, I just don't outthink the room. You have a guy that's 285 jumping higher than everybody. And he has a soft touch on around the rim coachable. It's a no brainer. Like he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I don't know why this Pelicans team is struggling like they are. Coaching. Coaching. I don't think it's the right fit. I really don't. Or I don't think that they have an identity yet. Because yeah. um, Stan Van Gundy, his, his, um, he harps on practice. He barely can practice with COVID. This is this – is, I don't know. It's a lot. Um, that Van Gundy, I don't know why they ain't giving the other guy a chance. It's like they just recycle the same old – yeah, nope. and that's not that he's not he's not like a I'm not saying he's a bad coach, it's just not the right fit for this team. You know, like you have a team, yeah, you have a young up and down Lonzo, Ingram, Zion, not the right fit in my opinion. 
Josh Hart has been ascending. He's been having some great games. What do you think about Josh Hart? I've liked Josh Hart uh, ever since Villanova. Really? And then um, I liked him in L.A. And then I, it was unfortunate to see him get traded, but obviously that's just the name of the game. But I think he's an underrated player because he's not the guy that's going to jump out of the gym. He's not going to shoot your lights out. But he just does a little bit of everything. And I think he just – I interviewed uh, Vince Carter's high school coach, Coach Brink, and one thing he told me was DTLT, do the little things. Like yeah. Josh Hart is one of those players who just does the little things. Like he's the guy that makes it work for everybody else. And uh, I think he's a, he's a great, great fit for the Pelicans. Well, there you have it, the war out west. Um, I guess I got what, like maybe three just random questions. Steph Curry out of the Golden State. What do you think? Um, you said out of Golden State? Yeah. I think it would be tremendous for the NBA, but I don't think he does it. Tremendous for the NBA. Yeah, I, I think it would because well, he was you know, Charlotte back home, or no, that's unfair. Lamelo and Steph. He I would, think Steph, if if he were to go anywhere, it's the Lakers, but I don't think he will. That's just cheat code. That's not fair. Dynasties are great for the any sport, but specifically the NBA. Like when Golden State was at its peak, you want what you go seventy three and nine. You add Kevin Durant. That, believe it or not, that was actually really good for the NBA. Even though some people hated it, dynasties have always proven to be good for the NBA. The Boston Celtics with Larry Bird, the Lakers with Magic and Kareem, the Chicago Bulls, even the Midi, I don't know if you classify the dynasty, but the Bad Boy Pistons, the Heatles, dynasties are great. And so if you add Steph to the Lakers, you're going to get a lot of hate, but ultimately the NBA would love it. Okay, another question is, we've got two more. Um, is Draymond Green out of his prime? Out of his prime, um, I would say so. Uh, it doesn't mean he still doesn't add value. doesn't mean he's still not good. But I would say he's, he's on the back nine of it. You think he had a short prime? Yeah. Um, I think he just – he's the type of player where you can't ask for him to do too – he's a glue guy. It's like you can't ask for him to be a second scoring option – or like a third scoring option. He's more of a guy that makes it all work. So when you put him in that scenario that needs to make it work with the clay, when clay Thompson's back, you have Steph, you have the Harrison Barnes, or now it's Andrew Wiggins or it's Kevin Durant. That's when you, he thrives, but you can't ask for him to carry the team in scoring when Steph was out. He's not that type of guy. How so 33, 32. Yeah. He, he's, he's on the back nine of it. No, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> You're a Draymond guy. Yeah, I just, I just, I hate thinking about so. I don't even people talk about LeBron retired. I'm like, bro, I don't want to think. I don't. I can't imagine the NBA without him. Yeah, no, I know, I know. And Draymond, one thing people don't give him enough credit for is how smart he is. Draymond is so smart. He off the charts. Yeah, he was. He's honestly one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. He was so cool. Um, the last question is this kind of random. The Nasus had twenty three points, twenty five points. Do you think he should get traded, go somewhere else, and thrive? Who? The Nasus answered the Kubo, Giannis's brother, at 20, yeah, maybe 25 points. I wonder if he go somewhere else and thrive, or think he just kind of stays in that role. As they put, they had a great game against the Knicks. Obviously, they lost, but he shows he's a he's a better he is better than people think he is. I thought he was just energy, athletic. You know, he was crossing, he was spinning, he was three ball. You know what I mean? So. What um, do you I, I think it's up to what is his goal. If his goal is to get the bag, get get the get paid, then yeah, 
definitely go elsewhere, play a bigger role, get more exposure, put up some more points. If it's to just continue having a slow, gradual process, win, then stay, do what you're doing. But if you're trying to get paid and make a name for yourself, then yeah, you seek a different opportunity. Sure. Any any motivating words to those? Like at least just some motivating words. I want to end it with something. I know you. I know you got some fancy quote or something. Um, well, actually, I'm reading David. It's I don't know if you can see it. David Goggins' book back there. It's next to the Kobe Bryant one. I'm reading that right now. Um, if you don't know him, definitely look into him. He, he's really inspirational. I'm huge on motivation. Um, one thing that he said is attack. And I'm like, what? And he's like, attack your goals. Attack, take souls. It's a chapter in his book. And he's like, it doesn't even just apply to a person in front of you. It's your goals, your objectives. Take it soul. Like, if you keep attacking, nothing wants to stand in front of you if you don't stop going forward, if you don't stop pursuing it. Nobody wants to stand in front of anybody that's not going to quit. So for anyone listening, um, I'm not somebody that's sitting high up on a chair telling you to do it because I'm still on that pursuit as well. So I would just say continue every single day pursuing that. And you're not going to get instant results. Um, it's not going to just happen just like that. But if you continuously grind every day and enjoy what you're doing, then I just think the sky's the limit for everybody. I, I don't think there's ever such thing as a limitation. I think you set the limitations for yourself. Right. How do you pronounce your last name? I don't want to say it wrong. Van Auken. Van Auken. Max Van Auken, creator of the MVP podcast, um, part of the Inner Circle Sports 2319. Um, talk soon. <laughs> you know. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, man. Just cut the deck with Isaiah. Thank you, everybody, for joining us.